0: In this bonus episode, I am chatting about my first time seeing the metalcore band Spirit Box at Irving Plaza in New York City. Welcome to the Eat, Sleep, Breathe Music Podcast, where we talk all things music. I'm your host, Jeanette Kimsel, blogger and music enthusiast. Let's get started with today's episode. Hey everyone, welcome to the Eat, Sleep, Breathe music podcast. I'm your host, Jeanette Kimsel. For those of you just joining us, this is the podcast where I talk about different musicians and how their music affects me, and then I play a track of theirs for you to listen to. So you can check it out and form your own opinions as well. However, today I'm doing something a little different. I'm doing a bonus episode, and this is a review or maybe even just my thoughts on seeing the Canadian metalcore band Spirit Box this past weekend. They played two nights at Irving Plaza, and we got to see them on Sunday night, And I don't know if you've been to Irving Plaza lately, but they did some reconfiguring of their venue that may or not may appeal to some people. So the venue itself is a great place to see bands, just because it's, you know, one of those bigger yet still intimate places. There's like a large general admission area standing room with a balcony overhead. And I was curious about how many people it held. And and it said online that it was 1,100, which I thought was kind of surprising because I would have pegged it for at least like 3,000. Um, The upstairs was always a good place if you could get there early and snag a space by the railing. You know, the whole one half of it is basically there for like industry people or, you know, people who are there with the band. So it kind of leaves only about two thirds of the left of the balcony for people to stand in. And then a few years ago, they started doing like upgrades and turn the the closer balcony part of areas into like VIP areas. And I remember I had gotten tickets in that area for a show and I felt like I was totally encroaching on the sound booth person space because it was like we were like almost like right up in the sound booth and it was really funny. Um, But now I notice they have a big thing with the venues everywhere is getting seats and tables and having table service. And this is like the best thing, especially I don't know if it's because I'm just getting older, but you know. It's really nice to have a good seat with a view. I'll totally take it. Um, and the first time we had this setup was at the Fillmore in Philly. And then I also noticed Terminal 5 was doing this for their shows. It's a really great way for the venue to, like, upcharge for people who want to have the option to sit. Um, so Irving Plaza now has three new sections in their balcony. They have tables the high rise section and the loft and the tables were placed in the middle of the balcony. So you have a direct uh, view across from the stage. So those are probably like the best seats I would say. And then behind them are a long table with chairs elevated on a platform. And this is called the high rise section. Uh, the loft is then the standing area on the, the, I guess the left when you're facing the stage, it's the balcony across from where like the industry people go And I was curious about how many tickets they sold for this section because you can't really cram a bunch of people in there because they won't be able to see that much. So I'm assuming they don't really have a lot of tickets that they sell. Um, This particular show was sold out. And I say that with like quotation marks because, you know, there were a bunch of tickets online that were being resold for exorbitant amount of price, exorbitant amounts of money. And You know, now I wouldn't mind paying if I knew the band was going to be getting a large chunk of that money, but I bet half of it's going to like Ticketmaster because you know how it is these days with all these Ticketmaster fees. And I bet that they will be getting all the money and they basically own all the ticketing companies anyway. So, you know, anyway, but we wanted to get a spot in the high rise section because we thought that would be the best place to see. And it wasn't. It also wasn't as expensive as the other ones. Like the loft prices were going for like three hundred dollars a piece, and I don't even know if that included fees or not. And and I just thought that was kind of odd, considering there's like no seats there, you know. But we were hoping the ticket prices will go down because that's typically like what happens is like if show you know the the day of the show if there's still a bunch of tickets, the ticket prices will go down. And they actually did, and we were really excited about that because we're like you know. The the, the the prices were just kind of just grossly over, just too high. Um, and so our first choice was the high-rise section, but it got sold out. So we decided to go with the loft because, you know, at this point they were under $100, even with the fees, which was really kind of exciting. And so, you know, we, did, we were like, well, this way we have... We're upstairs. We don't have to worry about standing in general admission. I always have a bad luck of like tall people getting in front of me. And it's just, it, it, it's nice to have an elevation. So we decided to go with that. And, um, you know, the city was all like, it was rainy and crappy that day. But then by the time we got there, it was starting to taper off, which was really nice. Unfortunately, we didn't get there in time to see the first band. Uh, they were called Intervals, but we didn't get a chance to see the second opening act after the burial. I had not heard of their music, but I really don't know much metal. And I, if it wasn't for my husband, I probably wouldn't even know any of this stuff either. So, you know, my husband was interested in seeing them. So we got there in time for that, and that was great. Um, so they're like this Minneapolis, Minnesota band, and they've been described as progressive metal, metalcore, deathcore, and gent or Den, Jen, and I think it's Jen because it's D J E N T. And I was looking them up on Wikipedia after the show, and it seemed like the band had been around since like 2004. They had a couple lineup changes over the years, but the remaining founding member is that's left is guitarist Trent Halfdahl, and then the singer said he had been in the band for 13 years, and his name is Anthony Nodar And pr- please forgive me if I am pronouncing these incorrectly. They had a great stage presence. He seemed genuinely happy to be up there and had an excellent performance. You know, they were talking about how COVID happened and they didn't know what was going to happen with the band. They were just so thankful for being back on stage. And I felt bad because they had such a small space to work with, you know, there was like a they put a drum set in front of the other drum set that was there for the headlining band. So he was just left with like two feet of room to move around and it just looked so tight and uncomfortable. And he even mentioned it at one point. But, you know, despite all this, they still rocked out. The show was really fun you know, they really turned the crowd on. The crowd was like totally loving them. There was just so much positivity and just good vibes that night. You know, there was like people moshing and people were like getting aggressive and dancing, but like there was still like this respectful, very nice feeling. Everyone was like good. Nobody was acting like a jerk. You know, somebody had lost their shoes at one point and they didn't stop the music, but somebody was like, oh my God, this person keeps losing their shoes. And then finally they did find their shoes. And then they had lights. If somebody lost something, they just kept like, you know, picking things up. It was just like a really positive atmosphere. And and then I like how the singer explained the meaning of the songs before singing them. That was that was neat. You know, it's good to, for people who may not know them. If it's the first time they're seeing them, they can get a sense of who they are and what they're about. And they had one song where he went into the. Influence of the song and it was called death keeps us from living and the message behind it was you know music has is very powerful it was kind of nice to show how like you know you you need to keep living even if you're dealing with like so much loss around you in your life. And I thought it was just a nice touch because you see bands and if they don't really say anything, and they have no interaction with the crowd it can really make the performance feel kind of flat and the fact that they were interacting with the crowd and kind of explaining their music, I don't know, I always just appreciate that from bands. So it was not just the music that was appealing, but their stage presence as well. You know, they really put on a good show. And I think even if you're not so into metal, it's something that you can appreciate. And if you're curious of how they sound, here is a snippet from their performance. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> If After the Burial is a band that appeals to you, you can learn more about them at their official website, aftertheburial.com. That is A F T E R T H E B U R I A L. You can also like and follow them on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at the handle After the Burial. That is A F T E R T H E B U R I A L. If you want to see more of After the Burial, there is also a post by YouTuber x 0 X with the full show. I'll leave links to all of this in the show notes. Before I go into the show, I wanted to give a brief overview of the headlining band. For those of you unfamiliar with Spirit Box, they hail from Canada and were formed in 2017 by husband and wife vocalist Courtney LaPlante and guitarist Michael Stringer. There was a third founding member, uh, drummer Zev Rose, and then they recently added bassist Josh Gilbert as the newest addition to the band, rounding out the lineup in 2023. They get their name from a device some believe is capable of communicating with the dead. And there's a quote on the website that completely aligns with the band's performance on Sunday night. It says, there's a gleeful sense of a paranormal running through all the band do, but despite their celestial stylings, this is a group of artists who are very much brimming with life and creating something remarkable with their music. I couldn't agree more. They played their hearts out for an hour and eight minutes. The set was filled with songs off their self-titled album, Rotoscope, and a majority of the last release, Eternal Blue. They had this passion, love, and respect, and they were so pumped to be on stage. And you could just see it. You know, they were so happy to be in person with their fans. Their set kicked off at 920 with the venue dropping to like all black and then we started to hear Beyoncé's all up in your mind it was so dark you really could not see the band come out but they started to play with the the intricate notes of sun killer and i always like to check out setlist fm to see if the setlist is the same as like what's what's playing at the actual show it's all user generated so sometimes it could be wrong but sometimes it's right and this one actually seemed to be pretty on 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 par with like what actually was being played that night i know some people don't like knowing what the set is going to be or want to be surprised but i really like going along and following along with the setlist fm website as i said the show started with the hauntingly beautiful sun killer and Even though you couldn't see anything, the crowd was just screaming, ready, with anticipation. Among the screams, you could also hear the initial guitar riffs kicking off the song. Then you hear the bass start to pick up against the light vocal melodies. Next kick in, searing guitar sound to the crowd's delight. Then finally, we are hit with vocals. And the song goes on, and the music gets real quiet again, and the crowd starts singing the bridge, just like it's right on cue. And then it busts into the screamo portion of the song, and the crowd is just loving it. an epic way to start the show. Another thing they did that was neat was that they had put up this clear screen in front of the stage. It reminded me of Saran Wrap. It was clear. It was a barrier that like projected images onto the screen for like this cool light show that was in front of them instead of behind them. You know, typically bands will have like like light shows behind them, but this was really neat. And they had that up for about maybe two or three songs and they took it down, which I, I was glad they took it down because I felt like it would have been a barrier between like them and the audience and it may have been a prevention from like be really being able to enjoy the show. Um, But overall, you know, I was really impressed with their performance. I thought all the songs were really stellar and great. And I personally was more into the like singing, screaming songs, just because I do like that kind of combination of like regular vocals and, you know, the screaming aspect. So it's not just all screaming. But if you're someone who likes screaming and metal, you might feel differently. Um, Some of the songs, you know, it was hard to kind of Find favorite tracks since I did enjoy a handful and large portion of the, the songs, but I would say some of the standout ones that I liked were "Hurt You." And here's a clip from the show. You know. I, I, I also like "Yellow Jacket." Here's a clip from that one. I'm sorry, I'm Rule of nines, and here's a clip from the show. Circle with me, and here's a clip from the show. The debut of their song, The Void, and here's a clip. They also did a cover of no doubts hella good which was a really kind of cool heavier feeling sound of that song Then they parlayed that into their track, Rotoscope. It was a cool mixture of the two songs, and Rotoscope was fun. I was getting vibes of the 90s band Garbage from that song. they played like 10 tracks and then they had come out and said they weren't going to do like a formal encore because it would have been too much to go back down into their janitor's closet and come back out they They're like, you know, we're adults. We're just going to play the songs we like to play. And so I don't know if Holy Roller was the last song of the set or if it was the song before it, um, the Mara effect part three, because they were like, we have four songs left and Holy Roller, I guess was, one of the four songs but but regardless of that they played 14 songs total and for anyone who's familiar with the band they know that Holy roller is kind of like their popular like the I would say that's like the popular song that everybody knows that if they know of this band and here's a clip from the show Holy horses,
1: in the we
0: play. Blood into light, take my body Just with those few notes, you can hear why this is a popular song. It's got this really infectious beginning, then it jumps into the screaming part, which is just so mesmerizing. After Holy Roller played, the show kind of came down with more mellow tunes. This was even said by the band. They said that the rest of the show would be more slow and it's time to just relax. There was so much appreciation and happiness from them. You know, the last three songs they played were Hysteria, Constance, and the title track Eternal Blue. I didn't get a clip of Constance, but here is a clip of Hysteria. sentiment that was talked about at the end of the show where the vocalist was saying you know this is a place for everyone to feel comfortable and come together and enjoy the moment and the music and that was what the song Eternal Blue is all about. So here I'll play a little clip for you now. that was my experience at the spirit box show. I just love live music so much. It's a great way to experience a band. If you're on the fence about metal music, give spirit box a try and you may just like it. I think they have a lot of things that will appeal to maybe a wider audience, you know, especially someone who is into like very like lovely vocals, like the, you know, the mix of vocals and the screaming, it's kind of, it's hard music. But it's also soft, so it's kind of like it's got a lot of things going for it. Um, But if you are interested in learning more about Spirit Box, you can check out their official website. I just saw this week that they are also going to be on tour with Shinedown and Papa Roach, so there will be a lot of chances to see them live, which is exciting. And you can find more information on their website, www.spiritbox.com. That is S-P-I-R-I-T-B-O-X dot com. You can also like and follow them on Facebook at the handle Spirit Box Official. On Instagram, they're at the handle Spirit Box Music. And then on TikTok and Twitter, they're at the handle Spirit Box Band. If you like to watch uh, videos, there's a YouTuber by the name of X Zero Gravity X who has the show on YouTube if you want to watch more of the songs. I'll leave links to all of these in the show notes. As always, thank you for listening. If you're looking for more new music, be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you get the latest updates on our artist features. You can also find more music features on our website at www.eatsleepbreathemusic.com. That is E-A-T-S-L-E-E-P-B-R-E-A-T-H-E-M-U-S-I-C.com. Thanks for listening and see you in the next episode. Thanks so much for listening to the Eat Sleep Breathe Music podcast. To find new music and learn more about what we do, you can check out our website at www.eatsleepbreathemusic.com.